evening. This is Peter Hammond in the studio for From the Frontline, and we are in the middle of a Great Commission course. We've completed our one-week Biblical Worldview Summit, and now we're on the Great Commission course. I have in the studio some of the participants. Dylan, welcome to From the Frontline. Thank you very much. So, what has the Lord put on your heart? So, today I'm going to be sharing a, a miracle that happened to me when I was a kid. I broke my elbow, and it basically got healed through... Uh, prayer. How on earth did that happen? <laughs> Let me get right into it. So when I was five, I was looking after my friend's house and me and my sister were playing on a hammock, which was not clever. Anyway, we fall off and my elbow gets stuck in between some rocks. My sister falls on my back, pushing my elbow through the rocks, completely crushing the joint on the growth plate and everything. So we rushed through to the hospital and the surgeon basically told my father, look, we're going to be really lucky if you can ever use your arm again, but it'll probably never grow from here. And that's a problem because at five, your arm's supposed to grow a lot more still. <laughs> so my dad immediately started praying and he said it was probably the hardest he's ever prayed before. He was crying out just for healing on his son. And he became very specific. He said, just before the surgery started, I was bumped up to that night. Just before it started, he started praying and he said, he got very specific and he said, I want this to be so successful that it is basically a testimony to, you know, God. And that the surgeon will come and look for me and say, this thing went so well that it was basically a miracle. He said he wanted the surgeon to come look for him and use the word miracle specifically. And he was praying for hours and hours. And suddenly the surgeon comes running down the passageway and said, look, I don't really know what happened, but... We're all standing in the surgery room. We got all our gloves and protective gear on. We're about to get ready with this hours-long invasive surgery. And I basically touch his elbow just to get ready, and it basically slips back into place, all the broken pieces. And he said it was like a miracle. He didn't understand what happened. They were all standing around in shock, not really knowing what just happened because this is a very technical, dangerous surgery with an extremely low chance of success that takes hours, but it was like five minutes. <laughs> So, yeah, what I came to, sh to share with you well, is Well, if the surgeon was impressed, uh, that's pretty... I mean, they are pretty skeptical people to start with. <laughs> exactly. Incredible. So, I came to share this story, and then just Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 through to 11, which is, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who... If his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? So, yeah, I came to say that and just encourage people. I mean, we never pray enough. So my father was extremely specific with his prayer, and it, <laughs> it went wow. better than he expected. The Lord commands us to ask, seek, and knock, and he tells us even if we have faith as a mustard seed. So definitely we need to trust God more. We need to pray more. Wow. Definitely. Outstanding. Thank you, Dylan. And praise God. Yes. Thank Good you to for see your elbow is working well. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, next we have got here Charlie Bowers, who has traveled quite a long way uh, from Alabama and before that, Idaho and Tennessee, we've met you in many different homes. Uh, and what's particularly remarkable here is uh, Charlie 
is here for the second time at the Great Commission course. He came in 2016. Not often you get people coming back again, but this time he brought three of his brothers. Outstanding. Welcome, Charlie. Yes, sir. No, thank you for having me. So it's a blessing to be back here. Uh, back in 2016 was my first Great Commissions course, and it was just absolutely a, a blessing from so many aspects, especially just outreaches and then just the, just hands-on learning and so many things. And so it's grateful to be uh, even back in the studio. I remember doing this <coughs> back in 2016, and it was, uh, yeah, it was quite the experience. But uh, yeah, grateful to have my three brothers with me as well and just yeah grateful for the camping course i remember back in 2016 going back home uh yeah it just changed so many different ways that, you know i did so many things so differently and since then um i should backtrack a little bit my two sisters came with me in 2016 so it was great to have them and they were along and since then they've got married and also we've done a lot of <clears throat> little camps and courses with our family kind of in hungary and romania and then also in the u.s and so it's been really uh just neat to see how the lord's kind of used the GCC kind of in my life for sure and all of us really and so kind of be back in the swing of things down here in South Africa is, is awesome. And this time you're helping with some of the leading and the PT and the uh, devotions and very grateful for that. Outstanding. Yes sir, no, it's, it's great to be And back. even praying about taking one of our missions into the field after this which is always a good challenge yes sir no that's right and so i think one scripture that i'll just it's been kind of a theme verse really the last few years um and just just every day it seems like is uh philippians 4 8 it says finally brethren whatsoever things are true whatsoever things are honest whatsoever things are just whatsoever things are pure whatsoever things are lovely whatsoever things are good report of a good report if there be any virtue if there be any praise think on these things and so it's yeah grateful to grateful to be back in the gcc i would highly recommend it to anybody out there that's kind of on the fence and not sure just come and, and you'll really know what i'm talking about now uh, just to add some more things here and the con connectivity uh, Charlie's father, Curtis Bowers, quite a lot, a lot of our listeners should know the films he's made, Agenda and Agenda 2, Masters of Deceit. Absolutely outstanding films. I mean, these are monumentally important documentaries that really expose the New World Order. Yes, Absolutely sir. outstanding. And uh, what a joy. I first met your dad and your mom at uh, Summit Ministries of Dr. David Noble in Colorado. And that was just phenomenal. What a great work David Noble's done with Summit Ministries, which inspired our Biblical Worldview Summit. Yeah, wow. And his textbooks, Understand the Time, The Battle for Truth, became textbooks for us too. But your grandfather goes back <laughs> yes, even sir. further. I've, I've known Don <laughs> McElvaney right. right back to the mid-1980s, and he's the one who first encouraged me to come to the States. And it was immediately after I was in prison in Zambia in 1987 that Don McIlvaney was leading a group of businessmen considering investment in South African to expose what was going on in the whole sanctions, disinvestment, anti-South African campaign worldwide. And he was working to counter that. And uh, I had just been in prison uh, a few days before. I came out and Don McIlvaney, your granddad, organized mm -hmm. for me to speak to the group. And afterwards, he said, you must come to America. You must give this test me which seemed quite off the wall to me because I didn't see why I would go to America. I'd no more thought of going to America than flying to the moon. Uh, just <laughs> so far away and my work was in Africa and uh, right. I didn't see the need. But he really insisted on uh, the importance and set up some of the early meetings. And uh, that included introducing me to Howard Phillips and I got to CPAC and all the other sort of things, national wow. religious broadcasters and, of course, most importantly of all, David Noble and Summit Ministries and was involved in Summit Ministries for more than 20 years of lecturing there every year and that, that was just phenomenal. So uh, praise God for your grandfather and your father 
and uh, your mom and the whole family. And of course, your other grandfather was also Summit Ministries lecturer, and he's That's written. Right. <laughs> uh, what are some of the books yeah. that he's written? Um, he uh, revised the Naked Communist as the Naked Truth, and then also he's wrote a book called The Revolution Is. And so great books as well, just kind of going into what's going on in the world. And yeah, they're good reads. So, <laughs> so from both sides of your family, you've got some serious um, outstanding genes and heritage when it comes to fighting the fight that we are fighting down here yes, at sir. Atomus Potsdam in the Cape of Good Hope. Thank you so much for coming with your sisters and thank you for coming with your brothers and uh, always good when a person comes back again. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, no, thank you for having us. It's great to be here. Outstanding. Thank you, Charlie. So, next we've got Marku Brits from Bloemfontein, Orange Free State, one of our favorite places in the world. Thank you so much for coming, Marku. What has God put on your heart? Thank you very much for having me. Um, I thought about sharing my testimony of how I got saved. So, um, I was raised in a Christian home. I went to church, I attended Sunday school, and we held regularly Bible study in our, um, in our home as a family. But ultimately, I wasn't saved. I was very protected in primary school. I went to a small school with decent values. But when I went to high school, I went to a rather large high school, and I was exposed to some of the world's values. I knew nobody, and I tried to make new friends, but the values that I held prevented me. I don't want to swear, tell dirty jokes, and never mind smoke, drink, etc. Because that really wasn't how I was raised. I held out for about a year, but my second year in high school, I started feeling very lonely. And I wanted, um, by the end of my grade ninth year, I wanted to start giving up my values to try and fit in. I started swearing and using filthy language behind my parents' back, of course. On my grade nine school camp, I decided I want to fit in and there I had my first smoke. Shortly after, I started vaping because my parents wouldn't be able to smell it. I also started rebelling against my parents. It shames me to admit, but mainly against my mother. Right through this, I knew I was doing wrong. At this time, we started attending services at a new church. And on 4 November 2018, the preacher preached from Jeremiah 12 verse 5. It says, If you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with the horses? And if in the land of peace in which you trusted, they wearied you, then how will you do in the floodplain of the Jordan? He then asked, if you haven't repented by now, how would you later? It doesn't get easier. He also said that many people want to enjoy their youth first and then repent, but your youth is not guaranteed. And to me, this hit really close to home because throughout the service, I was thinking, yeah, I know I'm in trouble, but I want to enjoy my youth first. And I was convinced of my sin, and I knew I was lost. After the service, I stayed behind and gave my life to Christ. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and He freed me from vape and the horrid attitude against my parents. And I'm grateful to God for changing the environment I was in to an environment with people who have Christian values. And I really just want to ask you, if you were to die in the state you are in now, where will you open your eyes? Thank you. That is most important. It's as appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment. So we all have an appointment. Not one of us will miss it. Not one of us will be able to be late for it. It's not a question of will we bow to Christ, but when will we bow to Christ? Do we bow to him as Lord and Savior today or as eternal judge then? Today is the day of grace. Today is the day of opportunity. So that's Absolutely. a word and season. Thank you so much, Marco. Thank you, sir. Michael 
welcome. Michael's also from the Orange Free State. Good to have you traveling all the way from Bloemfontein. So yes, what sir. brings you here, Michael? So, sir, I just want to backtrack and tell about how we met you, sir, Dr. Peter Hammond. Um, you came to stay with us in Bloemfontein when you came to Bloemfontein to speak at a church called Ibn Yeser. And you stayed with us on a farm there. And that's how we met you. And ever since my mom signed up to your frontline newsletter and stuff like that and we watched all your presentations about all these oh, oh i remember all that but you were so much smaller i, I hadn't connected <laughs> yes sir, yeah. Oh, okay yeah and from since then we just started getting connected with frontline and so on and this year when i graduated from high school my mom told me maybe what are you going to do after school i'm like i don't know she said well this is bws camp from frontline and she's like maybe you should check it out you know I think you will learn a lot there. Maybe they will tell you what you want to do. Maybe find what you want to do after school, a career or so on. I'm like, okay, maybe I would do that. And I asked Marco if he would join me. And he said, yeah, let's do it. And we came here and it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of lectures, no sleep at all. (laughs) Who needs sleep? We can catch up on that later. Yeah, that's true. And so on. And the lectures... We learned a lot about how to evangelize to Muslims, to atheists, um, just to how to publicly speak effectively and impactfully to make it short and have impact. And then after the BWS camp, we, me and Marco decided maybe we'll enjoy the GCC also. This is pretty good. And we signed up for the GCC and so far it's been really great. We've learned a lot and so on. Yeah, well, a lot more to come still. Yes, so sir. good that you came. Yeah, that's that's tremendous. You know, I've had so many meetings all over the country and continent and around the world. And uh, it's amazing how sometimes younger people who you, you, you wouldn't have recognized immediately were listening when you may not have realized it. And yes, sir. so glad to see that you're here and that your mom encouraged you to come to the one-week Biblical Worldview Summit. Now you've yeah. gotten yourself into the three-week Great Commission course. Yes, sir. And who knows where that will lead? Yes, uh, hopefully to a big life for Christ and living to the full. So what to you has been some of the most interesting or uh, challenging aspects of the course so far? So definitely staying up late and then waking up for PT, staying motivated through the day of waking, staying awake through the lectures, (laughs) and then putting it into practice in the outreaches just to remember what you've been told and what you've learned so far, to not hesitate to go to someone, tell him if, how she's, what is his relationship with Jesus Christ, does he know Jesus Christ, and so mm. on. I think that's so being stretched. Um, yeah, being stretched, yeah. We try to stretch minds and muscles. And, yes, sir. And faith. Yeah, that's true. Get you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, I would just like to share a verse that I, that's been a great verse for me through the years. It's Jeremiah 20, verse 11, where it says, The Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. I think that's the new American Standard Version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Amen. Yes, Thank you so very much. Thank you so much. So, I think... There we go. Crockett, the youngest of the Bowers. Yes, sir. Met you a lot of times on the other side of the ocean. <laughs> yes, sir. And now you're an Artuf. Yes, sir. Welcome. Yeah, thank you, sir. What does the Lord put in your heart? So I wanted to share my testimony with you and all your great listeners. <laughs> Please go right ahead. Yes, sir. So there was there was a time when I was about eight years old. I grew up in a Christian family. I was being 
disrespectful, disobedient, dishonoring, etc. Pretty much just a bad kid. And I remember hearing different people and my dad talking about hell. And I was like, scared, you know, obviously I'm a little kid. And I was like, yikes, hell. And I was like, oh boy. So I talked to my dad and I got saved. A few days later, I was back in the groove being a naughty little sinner. I never felt much of a change because I thought of him as a ticket and not my king. I don't know if it was a talk with my dad, but I came to the realization that I wanted to go to heaven because I was scared of hell versus wanting to go to heaven because I love God. So when I was about 15, I got on my knees and really got saved. I feel like that was when I really met Jesus and he became king in my life. I could literally feel something in my heart was different. And when I did something wrong, I was convicted and I was like, oh, I need to say I'm sorry. I need to ask my mom to forgive me. So that was a good sign for me that the Holy Spirit really did come into my heart. One thing I'd say that's helped me grow as a Christian is reading the Bible. It's so important. I love this verse here in Proverbs 8.17. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. It says, if we seek him early, we shall find him. It's a promise. I don't think today enough Christians are seeking him. They kind of get saved and move on. I encourage you all to seek him early with Bible reading and prayer. That is the ultimate way we can grow as Christians and have a close relationship with him. If you're not saved, I'd really encourage you to get saved. You don't know how much time you have left. We don't. And Jeremiah says, you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29, 13. So that that his number right there, Jeremiah uh, 23, 19. And uh, we need to be seeking God. Yes, sir. Seeking his face, humbling ourselves, turning from wicked ways. Thank you, Crockett. Yes, Anything sir. that has particularly stood out to you of the camp and course that's uh, challenged yeah. you so far? So probably one of your talks on evangelism really stood out to me. We've gotten to practice, like Michael said, practice it in the streets of Cape Town, and it's been it's been awesome. It's something I haven't done a whole lot of, but getting to like I don't know talk mm-hmm. to different people, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Even the hospital yesterday too. Oh yeah, the hospital, great, yeah, great conversations and prayers and. Yeah, it was, it was an awesome experience. But has there also been some fun stuff too? Oh, for sure. Yeah, we went to Blue Rock. Yeah, Blue Rock and did some water water skiing, waterboarding. It was a, a blast for sure. Yeah, I'm, I mean, some memories. <laughs> GCCs are famous for hikes and climbs. Oh, and yes, Of course, sir. that, but, um, but sometimes we do water sports too. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, yeah, Lions Mountain was definitely a highlight oh. too. Hiking that with all the great people here. And, and that's a nice small introduction to the Big Table Mountain, which is coming. Yes, sir. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Thank you so much, Crockett. Yes, sir. Thank you. So, Christian, good having you here. Also from the Bauer family, all the way from the United States of America. Originally, Iowa, and then Tennessee, and now Alabama. You're definitely moving south. <laughs> that's right. Yes, sir. And right now we are pretty, we're pretty far south. The, the, this is the deep south. You're really far <laughs> south. really here, feel you know. southern here. Yes, yes. Yeah, we will be celebrating uh, Robert E. Lee's birthday uh, just on Thursday that's coming up great. as well. So. Oh, that's awesome. <clears throat> that is great. Um, so, yes, so it has been super amazing to be at the GCC here. This is my first year. I heard lots of good things about it from my um, siblings when they came in 2016. And um, about two months ago, my parents were like, hey, I wonder if they're doing that this year. I know my your siblings, they learned a lot, and um, we found out they were and um, got signed up, and we're here now. And it's been – I kind of just came thinking, hey, this sounds like a fun weekend, fun week or two or three in Cape Town, you know, 
go see the sites, but it's been way more um, meaningful <laughs> and impactful, and it's blown my mind, um, and it's blown me spiritually, mentally, and physically, and um, it's just been a really blessing to me. And I guess one of the, um, I know some of the other ones mentioned, but one of the biggest things that's been a blessing to me is um, um, worldview would say probably first of all, just learning all the different worldviews and um, how to combat those, and then another main practical one would be um, you know, sharing Jesus with all those around you. And um, that that is one that, um, like I said, yesterday we got to go out in the hospitals and um, share the gospel with, you know, patients that were just sitting there. And we live in such a lost and dying world, and there's so many people that will sit there and listen to you if you'll, you know, take the time to make sure you're ready to give an answer um, mm-hmm. to every man. But it, w- it was sad and encouraging at the same time because these people are, you know, if you, you could come into, and I know in the USA and in South Africa, you can go into so many different hospitals and you could share Jesus with them and they will sit there and listen and they'll pray with you. And sure, they may not accept Jesus right then, but you've planted that seed that um, so few people do. And there's just hospitals. I know it's the same goes for prisons. There's so many people around that ne- never get never get shared the gospel with and all it takes is you know somebody um to just simply you know give it their best for jesus and you know you could bring um bring someone to him so that that was something that was really an encouragement um and then another a couple couple random things with that that um as we've done here at the gcc each before each uh, evening session we'll do bible drills um, you know, see the name of Bible verse and see who can turn there the fastest. So we've had a lot of random, and some of those have really uh, spoke to me and been an encouragement to me. And um, a couple of them made me, maybe I kind of looped it back around, but um, John 15, 14, actually, excuse me, John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And a part of one of God's commandments that, you know, most people just think of the Ten Commandments, but one major one is go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Go therefore, you know, preach the gospel to every creature. And um, and that is one a lot of people don't take account of and a lot of people just live a Christian life, you know, in their neighborhood and their neighbors would never guess they're a Christian. And um, I would say, I guess here it's been really a blessing to me to when I get back home, everybody you meet, you know, God, there's no accidents with God. Everybody you meet, share the gospel with them. And, um, you never know how God can work things out. And, um, and we have the, we have the greatest hope. We have what they're all looking for. Most of them just don't realize that. And, um, basically, I mean, all the regions of the world, they're all looking for something and they don't know that they don't know. Some of them don't know what it is, but God put us here to tell them what that is and that it's Jesus. And, um, so, and we can be so bold and powerful with that because, you know, we have the truth and um, it's totally different from the other side when you're trying to make up things that sound good, but we have the you know God's word and we have the truth on our side and Jesus is on our side. And, and so I would just encourage anybody out there that's listening um, to set set something. Try try any day you're out. Try to hit one person. Not sorry, not hit one person. Hit them with Jesus. You know, share share the gospel with them. Give them a track. Just start with giving them a track. I know for a lot of people that might be a stretch. I don't know the guy. I've never met him. What is he going to think I'm handing him? You just try it and um and then move forward with that and try to do more and then try to, you know, share your testimony with them. But um, I guess I've been just been really amazed this week to see how open and listening the world is to what we have and how most of the time it's on our end. We're the ones that's not willing to share what Jesus has done with us and they're they're ready to listen. And they're now, open. that's an important point because a lot of people assume that the world is all closed and they're not interested and somebody's going to shout you down. So in your reaching out in the different outreaches we've organized so far, how many negative experiences have you had of people saying, you know, 
get out of my face and I don't want to hear this. And I mean, how many people have, have responded right. badly? Right. And the, the worst we've had is guy people be like, no, thank you. Or just not say anything. And you know, you so, think so you haven't had any hostile reactions. No, not hostile reactions at all. I mean, it's actually kind of rare to get it that is. normally. It so is. Most people you find are open. Most people are open and most people are, Hey, thank you. You know, thank you for thinking of me. I appreciate that. And, um, and it, in, in the hospital, did you have anyone who didn't want you to come? And no, in the hospital, especially because most of those people are so lonely. They like would love when people came and talked to them. And they really, mm-hmm. it meant so much to them that, you know, somebody would come that they don't know to talk with them about spiritual things and about Jesus. And, and the ward we were in, the one was the diabetes ward. And most of those people, they know their days are numbered. And, and, and mm-hmm. they're a lot more humble to Jesus and humble to the fact that, now, what about the medical personnel? Did any of them seem irritated that you were coming in? Uh, no, most of them, most of them, they all seemed, um, surprisingly, they seemed more than open, and they, they, they thought it was really great that we were there to share Jesus I got a letter just this morning uh, from the matron saying how grateful she was that wow. our people cared and came. that's amazing. I just thought, that's surprising. We don't normally get that kind of positive response, but mm-hmm. just how, how polite all our young yeah. people were, and they were just so grateful that we cared. So that, that came through the laborants who organized it. Very nice to get feedback like that. Yeah. So actually, you've been surprised that there hasn't been that much negative. In fact, that people have been so much more open than you would have expected. Right. No, I've definitely been surprised. I'd say one of the biggest things that I know friends or other people, if I've ever mentioned, hey, we should go share the gospel, they're like, well, what if somebody says something negative? And, you know, that's the one in a million that, hey, may happen. And look at Paul and all the apostles, how much they got persecuted, beaten, stoned, and we're worried about somebody's negative words. Yeah. Um it really draws a comparison there. Well, as somebody who was brought up in a secular family uh, who didn't know the gospel until I was 17, I'm very grateful that someone went out of their way to present the gospel to me because who knows where I would be uh, if someone hadn't cared enough to reach out to me. Now, I'm one of those people who wasn't brought up in a Christian family. And for those of us who convert, um, we really appreciate the fact that oh, yes. somebody reached out. So That's right. I think uh, let's challenge all of our listeners to think about the fact that you don't have to become a street preacher standing mm-hmm. on a soapbox. Um, there's a place for them. But just to reach out to the That's shop right. clerk, the person at the traffic light, the person at the till in, in the grocery store, the people that you meet on a daily basis, people that come to your door, offering them something. Did you get mm-hmm. one of these? Can I offer you something to read? And uh, uh, maybe asking questions. And if a person seems to not be in a rush and they're willing to stand and talk like we've had opportunities on the Greenpoint and on the Seapoint Promenade, and you can say, can I ask you a question? Would you consider yourself to be a good person? And ask people, if you were to die, do you know whether you'd go to heaven or not? Do you have assurance of eternal life? And would you like to know how you can have assurance of eternal life? And amazing how many people are actually open mm. to discussions on eternity. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, but it's been it's been really amazing. I encourage everybody to go do that. Start tomorrow. Tomorrow's the day to start something new. Go. Yeah. Could start tomorrow. If not today. If not um, today, that's right. Outstanding. Anything else you want to share with <laughs> um, us? I think that's that's it. Thank that's you it. so yeah. very much. And next, Carver. Again, one of the four Bauer sons from Alabama. Yes, sir. All in the same family and uh, come a long way. That's right. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. What does the Lord put on your heart, Carver? Uh, so I just had a simple uh, something that I heard this week and was it caused me to think it how... Um, I just first off this verse here in James one twenty two says, But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. And I've been thinking a lot about this that verse 
uh, during the B, B, uh, BVC, uh, BWS, BWS, Biblical yes. World View Summit. That's right. <laughs> Not BBC. That's a whole different thing. Uh, that's a Bolshevik Broadcasting right. Corporation. <laughs> that's something else. Yes, sir. So anyway, uh, this week one of the speakers... He had his laptop plugged into the wrong outlet. I'm not going to name any names. It wasn't you, Dr. Hammond, so you're good. <laughs> um, but it did cause his laptop to die. Um, and then he plugged it into another, into the working outlet, and still there was nothing. And we're kind of like, we couldn't figure this out. Um, and anyway, it wasn't until he pushed it all the way into the plug that it finally worked. And that caused me to think it had a lot of uh, relation to the verse James one twenty two, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Sadly, today I feel like most people are completely plugged into the wrong source to start with, um, one that's dead. And then even the ones that are sad, uh, even the ones that are, are Christians, what's even more sad is the fact that they're plugged in, but they're not all the way. And that was something that, it, it was so small and it wasn't even planned. that You weren't planning on teaching any of us that this week. But we, I, I saw that and I was kind of like, it got me thinking on that verse and realized that, um, yeah, we can we can be plugged into the right source, but if we're not all the way in, um, no. And wanting to do what's right and wanting to love what is right and hate what is evil, it has no effect and there's no power in that chord. Um, so that was just something that I thought about. Mm. Um, and it caused me to also think that back when I was uh, 10 years old, that's kind of who I was. I was I got saved when I was tw- or 12 years old. Sorry, And uh, I realized I was in a Christian home, grew up, knew it was right, knew it was wrong. And I chose to do wrong even though I was in the right in the right plug, um, but I was not all the way in, and I did not mm-hmm. accept that. So um, that's just an encouragement. Uh, be doers of the word and not hearers only. There's this um, great passage, and is it uh, the final battle with uh, uh, C.S. Lewis and Narnia series? Mm, yes, further up and further in, and uh, continually go up higher, go in further, uh, keep going, don't give up, you know, heading towards Aslan's land. And uh, yes, right. well, I mean, as Christians, how terrible to have one foot in the world and one mm. foot in the Lord's kingdom and not to be fully committed. Yes, in fact, that's got to be a miserable spot to be because mm. we've got too much of the world to enjoy the Lord and too much of the Lord to enjoy the world. So a person who's half-half or worldly Christian is actually in the most miserable of situations. It's better to be all in. As the Lord said, he prefers to be hot or cold. That's but right. he does not like lukewarm. Yes, sir. Yeah. Outstanding. So of what we've been doing in the Biblical Worldview Summit and the Great Commission course so far, what's been some highlights or particularly unusual things from your perspective? Oh, I would have to say the Lion's Head hike. That was one of my favorite things. That We, we got to go over the uh, Sermon on the Mount. We read that in the uh, Bible, and we also got to sing a lot of hymns. And just the sunset there was absolutely spectacular. It was one of the most amazing views I've ever seen. And then also the uh, PT, the physical <laughs> workout. I was not... Uh, I did not grow up doing a lot of uh, intentional workouts, so that was a very stretching, um, motivating thing for me to continue when I get back home. Mm. Yes, well, I mean, we want to stretch minds and muscles, and it's it's just a great thing to roll out of bed and just do some press-ups <laughs> and sit-ups uh, to start of, off the day, yes, some, a few stretches and so on, and uh, to basically do weight training because um, – how have you found it that you don't just hike, but you carry some boxes of Arabic World Missionary Press Gospel booklets? That's right. Ten uh, kgs of uh, of this for the hikes. And That's so right. On. We had our backpacks, and we would have two big old boxes of uh, literature. I'm assuming Afrikaans, Arabic, Arabic, Arabic okay, gospels. Arabic. Because ten forty window, biggest mission field world, most neglected mission field in the world, most resistant mission field in the world. So we thought Arabic gospel booklets right. would be more. So meaningful. that added a whole another challenge that was. Uh, yeah. I really enjoy it. And you've done some PT with the box of literature too. Yes, sir. That that 
That's help, yeah. No. Well, and uh, this is your first time in Africa. That's correct. I'd heard a lot about it from my brother and my two sisters who came back in 2016. Um, and it's been, so far, a joy to be here with mm. my other three brothers. So. so what do you think of Africa? I love it. Honestly, it has, no offense to the listeners, but it has a much higher... Um, Higher living, I, I don't know what you call it. It, it. It's much nicer than I expected. You expected um, us in mud huts and thatched roofs or something? Not completely. <laughs> Lines in the streets and stuff like that. I, I did expect some of that, which yeah, no, I was well, actually rather lit. Well, I had a line as a pet when I grew up, but that was okay. Rhodesia, quite a bit further to the north, 3,000 kilometers from Cape Town. Wow. A lot more wild there. Um, that was very wild, actually, growing up. So that's there. more what I had in mind. Yeah. But this, no, is, no, this is amazing. Cape Town's like civilization at mm -hmm. the tip of Africa. This uh, Over here, you can get everything from Handel's Messiah, Bach, Mozart, Strauss. Okay. You know? I mean, we have concerts. We have, In fact, um, as you've seen, we've even got some real culture here. You saw we had a baseball, uh, we've got a basketball hoop, and we did Virginia real dancing. So That's right. So <laughs> yes, American sir. civilizations even reached here. Mm -hmm. Outstanding. Also, the, the Alabama... The yes. ship, Alabama, the Confederator, Alabama, made its way all the way to Cape. We've actually got a song here, Dalcom de Alabama. Well, there comes Alabama. So uh, the wow. Confederate States of America and Alabama in particular is remembered in the Cape. Mm. Thank you so much, Carver. Yes, sir. Thank Next, you, Mr. Hammond. For the second time here, we have Corin. Corin, all the way from KwaZulu-Natal. And you were here just six months ago and... You're back again. Outstanding. Yeah, it was so enjoyable that I decided to come back again after a lot of consideration and then, well, more like persuading my parents yes, that I wanted no. to come along well, again. Yes. <laughs> it's very hard bringing parents up. Totally. Yeah. So, Karen, what made you come back again? I think I just liked, because back home, um, I don't have a lot of friends and I really enjoy fellowship. I'm a very social person, so... Whenever, uh, even back home, if there are groups or any activities going on, I always want to be involved. So um, last year when I joined the GCC, I really enjoyed that there were so many people, um, young people in particular, and that we did PD together, we suffered together, we climbed Table Mountain. Suffered? Yeah, suffered. <laughs> <laughs> I won't go into detail what we did, but it's okay. Um, and I, also, I prefer to think of it as challenging, stretching. Okay, challenging. Yes, we definitely got a lot fitter. When I got back, I was like, oh, I'm definitely fitter. But it, yeah, got lazy when I got back, but it's fine. <laughs> but we're working on that now. Yeah, we're working very hard on that. Um, so, yeah, that's why I came back. I really enjoyed the, um, particularly the fellowship and also the lectures. And you learn a lot of history and, yeah. That's why I came back. <laughs> so what's been the highlights of, of the camping course, either whether last time or this time? I think the night hike in particular. I really enjoy that um, you have to – it's like, it's a game that you play in a forest. It's very dark. Ah, the Bible smuggling operations yep. in the forest. Where Indeed. You've got to be super quiet and smuggle. Indeed. While there are hunter teams who are seeking to catch you. So that means you've really got to be on your toes and not crack twigs and make noises. Yeah, that was a bit of a problem because in the Cape, now in summer, it's extremely dry. So where I was last year in about July, so that's when they get their winter rain. So there's no such thing yes. as dry weather. But now everything is, you know, your twigs. It and makes it a lot harder in summer. <laughs> uh, the winter GCC was colder, wetter, mm. and makes it easier to smuggle because the rain and the dampness covers the noises. Whereas now the slightest rustle of just <laughs> stepping on a dry leaf makes noise. Yes, And indeed. it travels at night, so that made it harder for the smugglers. Yeah. No. Um, also, that's the fact that we had to carry, um, well, 
girls had to carry five kgs, I think, of Bibles in their backpack. Mm-hmm. And then the guys had to carry about 10 kgs. So that was also a bit of a yes. mission. Yes, I mean, uh, we do discriminate. And uh, uh, for those people who want to scream equality and so on, it doesn't seem right to me. The men should carry heavy weight. Yes. The men should be... Uh, we, we don't think this business of... Uh, men pretending to be women to uh, win women's sports makes any sense any more than someone identifying as a bicycle but being a motorbiker uh, winning a cycling race means anything. It's mm. like, you know, really and truly, come on, guys, uh, stop playing games. Um, men are men, women are women. Agreed. There's two genders. Yeah, uh, stop totally. being ridiculous. And uh, the sooner they stop this gender confusion, the better, because what a pathetic distraction from what really matters. No, no, I totally agree. I, one thing I'm really sad about society today is that now they're basically switching roles of what women are and what men are. Basically, the women are becoming the men and the men are the women. And actually, men are supposed to be... That's what I like this course, is training women to be um, strong... Um, sorry, and, and feminine. Yeah, yeah, and feminine and to serve the Lord and how they can maybe um, have a family one day. And also same with the men, how they can be strong, they can be there for and protect the women that are out there because it's very dangerous in this modern age. Yes. And also, yeah, just super acclaim the gospel. And we're trying to teach some chivalry, woman first, that sort of thing. Yeah. Anything else that God's put on your heart? Um, I definitely recognized um, that I gained a lot of confidence, especially from last year, in definitely speaking to people more. So when we went to an outreach, which was in Somerset or Somerset um, Hospital here in Cape Town, I don't know how you pronounce it. Well, in fact, Somerset Hospital is the first hospital in the world to have had a C-section, a successful C-section. Dr. James Barry did the first C-section where both mother and child lived. That was back mm. in the early 1800s. And uh, what was amazing about Dr. James Barry is she was a woman, but women weren't allowed to be doctors back then, so she pretended to be a man her whole life and uh, got away with it, even doing ballroom dancing at the castle, <laughs> took wow. a duel, took a bullet in the shoulder, dug the bullet out of her own uh, shoulder, amazing, and survived. And nobody knew she was a woman until she died. So, oh, my wow. word. And that That's was incredible. James Barry Hertz, uh, James Barry. After whom later, Dr. James Barry Herzog, who became, uh, he was named after her because I think it was his grandfather that had been saved by the C-section. So that's why that famous prime minister who was five times elected prime minister of South Africa, uh, James Barry Herzog, was named after this Dr. James Barry who saved his grandfather's life. Well, that's incredible with the history that's behind it. Anyway, that's the hospital he went to. Yeah. The oldest hospital in South Africa. Oh, well, I looked went to a historic hospital, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hope it didn't look like it hasn't been upgraded in recent years, but uh, <clears throat> we won't we go, go there. Into those we won't go there. Will we? Yeah. But the patients needed. Yeah, the patients definitely need. I think it was really good that we um, went to evangelize because it gave me the opportunity to go and share with people. I was a bit nervous because, first of all, you don't know really how people are going to react, especially they are sick, they're unwell. Some have to go for surgery, some have absolute pain. Mm. And I've noticed especially so I went to evangelize with a woman there and um, but I was it was actually absolutely incredible because all of them were so they accepted everything like I could pray for with them and they were so grateful also what encouraged me is the families that were with mm-hmm. the sick they would be like so grateful that I could pray for their daughter or mother. so have you had any bad experiences of an evangelism where the people were hostile to you trying to share the gospel I had one um, one black guy but um, he wasn't been particularly rude, particularly rude. I think it's just that his culture clashed 
with um, the, what, what we and what we believe in. So they do, um, especially here in South Africa or any African countries, they do a lot of ancestral worship. Mm-hmm. So that was a bit difficult to keep but, it yeah. But was it hostile or just that he is negative? Um, let's just say he probably thought I was very uneducated because that's what he said. He said, so you have to be educated. You have to know the history behind and hmm. basically almost boasting that his and what the, he, he believes in spirits and everything is much better than the God we serve. Huh. Yeah. Well, uh, we look at the fruit. Yeah, indeed. Thank you so much, Karen. Good to have had you here again. And now our last guest for today is Ryan. Ryan is also here for the second time. Nice to see that we've got several people on the course who've been here before. And Ryan was here just six months ago for the mid-year Great Commission course, the Winter Great Commission course, and you come all the way from Georgia. Thank you, Dr. Hammond, for having me on From the Frontline once again. And you, this time, are back not just as a course participant, but as one leaders, as you are now a missionary in training and Frontline Fellowship. And I might say congratulations on all your studies, because you not only finished your bachelor's and your master's, but I believe you are finalizing a doctorate right now. Yes, sir, I am. My doctoral dissertation is on the life and ministry of Stephen Elliott the first Protestant Episcopal Bishop of Georgia, and the first presiding bishop of the Protestant Episcopal Church in the Confederacy. He was a planter, a scholar, a missionary, a political philosopher, a brilliant man all round. There have been many articles written on him over the years, but never a full book. So I'm honored to undertake this assignment. I pray that it will glorify God, edify the church, and do honor to my native state. Outstanding. And in last year, you've been ordained into the ministry. Yes, sir. I was ordained almost two years ago in the United Episcopal Church in North America. Outstanding. And I presume you wouldn't be the kind of person who would take to being called a Yankee. Exactly. No, sir. I am an unreconstructed confederate. Well, that's the way my wife and her family always thought. They did not like people calling themselves Yankees. Well, my wife was born and brought up in Europe, but her parents came from Georgia and Tennessee, and, and they would always say, we're not Yankees. We're Confederates, or, or we are rebels. Either of those words would be used with pride. Exactly, sir. The Confederates are the real Americans. The Yankees are frauds. Yes, no, we, we, we understand. I think you've got a Yankee in the White House right now. Exactly. Now, admittedly, not all people from the North are Yankees. No, we, we know the distinction. In yes. fact, I've been to many a uh, home education event, including in places like Pennsylvania, where nobody wants to wear the Yankee uniform when it comes to the Confederate era dancing. Everyone only wants to wear the Confederate uniforms and, of course, the ladies wearing their beautiful hoops, boots, skirts and so on. But uh, obviously when you do Virginia Reel over there, I've noticed even in Nebraska and so on, the, uh, the Northerners identify with the Confederates in the home education movement. Exactly, sir. Back in the 1960s, the former governor of Alabama, George Wallace, was running for president, and he would go across the country uh, doing political rallies. Once he went to Minnesota, Scandinavian country, the Vikings, yeah. all that, and he was greeted by a crowd of, I believe it was ten or 15,000 people, and they were all waving Confederate flags and singing Dixie. So in Minnesota. You. Well, that's quite yes. far north. It is very far north. Outstanding. What is the Lord put in your heart to share with our listeners today? Yes, sir. So today I want to tell you the story of a man named Henry Martin. Henry Martin was a Church of England uh, missionary who sailed into Cape Town at the exact time when it was being invaded by the British. Well, he's on one of the ships. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, while in ta- Cape Town, he hiked up Table Mountain and he recorded his experiences and his reflections in his journals, which are extant today. 
he compared the hike to the spiritual life. It was an allegory for him. When I read his uh, writings and his comparisons, I shared his sentiments uh, from my own experience hiking Table Mountain previously. He compared the steep ascent to the difficulties of the Christian life, the trials and temptations that we all face. He compared the flowers, the gifts of the Holy Ghost, the lakes and creeks, the waterfalls, to the waters of life that come from Christ, that sustain us and nourish us through this life and give us the grace to persevere unto life eternal. Uh, he saw thorns and briars, which reminded us again of the temptations and sins that we fall into, but every time we fall, God lifts us up again and again, and he heals our wounds. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he heals the brokenhearted. Uh, when Henry Martin got to the summit, he saw what many in the past have called the most beautifully situated city in the world, Cape Town. He saw, had a 360 view, and it reminded him of the city of God that, and the need to extend the empire of Christ over all the earth. My time in Africa has had a similar result. I, God has revealed to me the need for missionaries on this continent. There are so many communists and Muslims who are trying to take over this continent, and Christ needs soldiers uh, who will go out for him and who will win this continent for Christ. Amen. So I am privileged to undertake that assignment by God's grace. I genuinely believe it is God's calling on my life, and to undertake it with Frontline Fellowship, to destroy the idols of Marxism, Islam, secular humanism, animism, and all the powers of the devil that exalt themselves against Christ, to preach Christ to King, to preach the sovereignty of his grace, the extens- to the, the extensive nature of his kingdom, to um, apply his law to every area of my life, the lives of those I preach to, the lives of, uh, of everyone in society. That is my ambition. The Great Commission is my supreme ambition. I look forward to many years of happy service and productive service with Frontline Fellowship. Amen. Thank you so much, Ron. Thank you for coming so far and for being willing to stay and to come back again uh, into full-time service when you finished your uh, duties as teacher in the United States. We're looking forward just later on this year when you're coming back to, um, to stay. And uh, there's so much that needs to be done. Our vision is Africa for Christ. Christ's last commission is our first concern. And that's why the Great Commission course was set up over 25 years ago. And it's great to see how it's been growing and that we continue to attract uh, people from far and wide who have the vision of being able to resist the new world order, to resist this globalist tyranny, this uh, Lockdown lunacy, this masquerade madness, uh, the salvation by vaccination, global reset, uh, all the Sabbatean, synagogue of Satan, Marxist hostility to Christianity, the, the blasphemous cultural Marxism that's seeking to erode everything Christian. And we're standing rock solid on the creeds and the confessions of the church. We are Christian. We are Protestant. We are Reformed. We're evangelical, we're evangelizing, uh, we know that the gospel of Christ is the only answer and hope for the future. We have great hope for the future. The promises of God are equal to all the challenges and more, and there is no doubt whatsoever in our mind that Christ must reign until Satan has not one inch of territory. And so we've taken up the challenge, the challenge of William Carey, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. 
And these are just some of the inspirations for our Great Commission course. I would like to encourage all of the listeners to this program to read the Sermon on the Mount given by our Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew uh, chapters 5 through 7. Focus particularly on uh, chapter 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Have Christ's glory as your supreme purpose in life. Live for him. Exalt his name, both in word and deed. Amen. Now, of course, you can't replicate the hikes and the practicals and the outreaches, uh, but those listeners who want to can benefit from some of the lectures that we have been going through. We are uploading uh, every week. Uh, different videos and audios from the Great Commission course in the Biblical Worldview Summit you'll find on www.frontlinemissionsa.org website on our sermon audio on our Vimeo page we'll be uploading some of the PowerPoints on SlideShare but if you go to the frontlinemissionsa.org website look for the audio and video uh, channels there and uh, the sermon audio whatever you prefer whether you prefer the video or the audio presentations and you can at least benefit from many of the lectures so Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to join us next time, next week, same time. God bless and good night.